0: I'm great. you? Well, cool. I'm doing very well, thank you. It's beautiful
1: here. Is it beautiful? It is. It's just. Doesn't perfect the weather, weather change everything? Yeah. Yesterday was warm. Today is is. It's a little chilly, but it's beautiful. The sun's out. It's it's gorgeous.
0: And that's tell everybody what we're going to talk about today, which is codependency, and I think little winks from the universe that we're on the right path. And sometimes taking time to reflect. So let's start off with
1: how was your week? My week was it's great. great. We had, um, let's see, Friday, well, I don't know, I've been talking about this move forever. Um, but Friday was kind of, there was it. Friday was a sheriff's sale, and um, my ex-husband had brought over the last couple loads um, of stuff that was there. Um, just stuff that we had in the attic, and or I had in the attic in the basement, and just ugh, it's just been a, a grueling process. But anyway, um, it's it's done, which was nice because it was just it just closed the chapter. Uh, and I was just a lot, I I was a lot more emotional about it than I thought I would be, um, and in a good way. I mean, tears, but in a good way. Just it's 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 over. I'm glad that. I can't go back to it. You know, I think I was hanging on by a little thread because I had a window of time to get back in and continue to get stuff out. Um, but, you know, it came to an end on Friday. So it was nice. I can put it behind me. It's interesting because it's like God
0: closing a door. Yeah. And um, I'm,
1: not want... it, you know? <laughs> I'm not slamming it, you know, not slamming <laughs> it, but just closing it, which which does make a difference.
0: Oh, it totally does. And you mentioned to me earlier that there was something in one of the the boxes that your ex-husband brought over and what it symbolized and everything else. And I'd love for you to share that with our listeners. By the way, our friend in New Jersey who loves listening, he's up in New Jersey right now and he would, you know, the codependency and all that. I just wanted to reach out and say hi to him and our friend in Texas. I want to throw that in there. But go back to what, when he showed up with these, what was in the what was in the boxes that he was bringing that was like the last thing that you, that was in your house.
1: Well, they were mostly you know it was, uh, they were boxes that I haven't opened for um 14 13 years when I moved in um and even probably longer than that because they were boxes that were in the house prior that went from storage into my to my house and then came over here. So I mean these these some of them haven't been opened for twenty some years. So um I'm just, you know, keep moving into the next house. But they are just a lot of, you know, well, pictures and cards and just a lot of memories, a lot of things from my childhood, um, you know, even slides and, you know, um just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that I haven't had the time to look through and um you know, I've, I've, I'm I'm looking forward to having having time here in this new house to uh, you know on my time go through the boxes and even have you know I was talking to my sister about it this morning, just having her over and we can just go through them together. Um, so, but it, it, but one of the the, the thing what I was telling you before was that the last thing he took out of the his car was my wedding dress. And, um, it, it was just, it, it didn't get me upset. It was just so, um, oh, I didn't even have a word to describe it. it. It, you know, I, I couldn't have orchestrated it any better. It just was like the, the, the true closing of the chapter, you know, it was, it was, I was glad to have it. I'm not quite sure what I'll do with it, but, um, you know, it was just, I I felt like it was a little God wink in a way that just, you know, it didn't have to be so, so sad. I mean, everything has happened for a reason and I am where I'm supposed to be. And I think it was just, I don't know, it was just nice. It was nice. And it was, It it just, everything kind of fell into place.
0: And we as alcoholics, I know this. I drank a lot, a lot of times over emotions and about feelings, right? So I was, if I felt too sad or too happy, I mean, let's just face it—I drank over everything. But all those feelings that you had, you just felt them, correct?
1: I did. I, and I, the only time I ever drank was to, you know, just medicate myself. And you know, it—it it rarely was to celebrate. It was more to mask a feeling or, you know, just push it down. And so, yeah, I, I went through this whole this whole process without drinking. And it was nice because it's all present. It's all, you know, it's, you don't, you don't have to think that much about it. It's just kind of like a, like a book, you know, the page turns, you get to the next page, you know, sometimes you go back and and read it over, but the the truth is it just keeps going forward and and that in my sobriety, that's what it's doing for me. I, I just, it's just, you know, it has, um, kind of like serene momentum. I I don't I don't know if that makes sense.
0: I get it. Yes, like serene momentum, meaning that you're like you're peace. You're walking through all these feelings, but you're not wanting to drink over them. You're not making. You're not going too 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 high or too too too, too, too low. You're just feeling them exactly, and not exactly. reacting to them. Mhm. And I think. That thinking about like sell, like this house and what it meant to you and all the things that you, all the feelings and processes that you had to go through for, over the past, I guess I will say a year maybe, or it was over maybe a little over a year that you knew that this was coming. You didn't know what it was going to look like. I know for a long time you spent a lot of time going, oh my gosh, I want to keep this house. I'm going to keep this house. I'm going to make this house work. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to jump through hoops and do this. And then you came to the place where you were like, you know what? I'm just going to move out and I'm just going to move forward and I'm just going to close that door and change that chapter. And what freedom comes from that?
1: Yeah. I I mean, there were so many God winks. I I told my friend, I, you know, I might be able to turn an atheist around um, this week because (laughs) I, I, there were so many different, I mean, it was almost like a movie. I mean, even just moving a box and then a a little tiny picture would fall out the bottom and, or opening up a box and seeing the first thing on the top was, you know, uh, um, um, a note, a card from my girlfriend who was there for me when I went into rehab, who I've talked a lot about, but it was a card from her from 30 years ago talking about how, you know, how much our friendship means to her and how lucky she is to have a best friend, you know, and me. And it was just, I don't know, just every, every time I turned around, there was just something else that just that popped up. And I, um, and I, when I opened one box going just going through letters and notes and all that, I I found a, a packet that was from Karen, which is the rehab that I went to the first rehab. And I didn't think twice. I just thought I, you know, like I save everything, I save that. Um, And when I started flipping through it, I realized that it was actually the time that I went 30 years ago um, when I was in college to their codependency program when my mother had just got sober and I was struggling with the codependency. And I don't even know how I... New enough to to even research it. I, I really don't remember how I got on that path to find Karen and, um, and and you know go there for it was my spring break in college, but I went there for their. I think it was a week or ten day long program for codependency because I had I, I
0: had an interrupt two
1: seconds. did you hear?
0: Just to the listeners, I just want to reiterate what you just said so we can realize: for spring break during college, she decided to go
1: to a codependency <laughs> workshop. Yeah, okay, I, I forget how. Oh. <laughs> I forget how weird that sounds. <laughs> I mean,
0: you weren't in Fort Lauderdale or in like Daytona with all your friends whooping it up on the beach. You went to a codependent workshop at Karen.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, throw that out there. I know, and I and I was and I like I said I there was even in my notes it it's almost hard to or it was hard for me to figure out initially I I really did think it was from when I went um, four or five years ago but it it's actually you know was from uh, when I went thirty years ago but there's a lot of things that are similar just in terms of the recovery with the codependency and just the recovery with alcoholism. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Um, And I had, I pulled this paper, because I wanted to read it and it's real, it's, it, it, it was typed up. And I think I I remember reading it, um, but it's, it's, I love it. It's, it's called autobiography in five short chapters by Portia Nelson. And it's very quick, but it says chapter one, I walk, Down the street, there is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It's not my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter 2, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I am in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is still there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter five, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. I'm sorry, that was chapter four. Chapter five, I walk down another street. Isn't that great? Wow. Wow. I love it.
0: What each one of them means, will you dissect it a little bit more for us just so, or, or so the listeners can understand even more what each one, like what it says and what it kind of means to you, like individually?
1: Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's you know, I walk down the street, there's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. I think that, you know, in the beginning stages of, you know, at a, as, as an adolescent um, and at my age, I was I was very young. I'm going back to having a, a memory of being in, you know, sixth sixth grade um, when I really started to feel the impact of my mother's alcoholism. So I think that that was that that you know it isn't my fault. I'm lost. I'm helpless. I have I don't know what to do. What you know? Do I? I don't talk about it. I don't. You know I, I don't get help. Um, so I'm just kind of by myself, and it takes you know it it. it takes forever it's almost like you can't find your way out and then the second chapter is that you know you fall back in it says I pretend I didn't see it or I don't see it I fall in again I can't believe I'm in the same place but it isn't my fault Mm. still that like next uh, that next chapter where you're you know you're you're so much more aware, and you don't want to go
0: back in, but then you, you keep
1: <laughs> yeah you you keep you just go back in and you still you know there's still some room to say it's not my fault, you know you still you you just you're so stuck in that that mindset or that thinking or that you know that habit, which is what they say in the third um the third chapter where it says, um, I walk down the st- same street, there's a deep hole, I see it there, I still fall in, I still go in, because it's a habit, my eyes are open, I know where I am, it is my fault, so it kind of shifts over to a place in your life where, um, you know, I don't, I hate to say it is my fault, but you know that you that you're so aware. You you know
0: you own. You you're have, taking ownership. Yeah, you, you take use, ownership, yeah. and you
1: have the tools. It's just you know. At this point, it's like you got to use them. It is my oh. fault. Um, and and identifying next,
0: that yeah. isn't it, identifying that is so green. It's like. I don't know when when we can identify and stop blaming somebody else, and we can take ownership. That's when I feel like the change can really begin. Do you agree?
1: Yes, and you know, for me, I can remember I was I was at Karen for almost the the. I'm going to say if it was a ten day program, on the eighth day I was still still blaming my father for my mother's alcoholism, and you know I knew. They they tried to break me the whole time to uh, and, and I was convinced that it was really not my mom my poor mom she didn't she didn't want to be an alcoholic she didn't mean to be an alcoholic you know nobody got her help um, you know my whole life or my whole ch- childhood and I can remember thinking that like so it, I was absolutely convinced that it was my dad and not my mother I mean it took me a lot of time and. A lot of role playing there. They were very big into role playing, and I can remember it was it was it was grueling. But I finally got to that place where it all just kind of um, uh, where everything kind of did fall into place. I understood it more. You know, it was my mom's disease. Um, not knowing it was going to be my disease. Thirty, uh, you know. 20 years later, but, um, you know, it, it was just, it was just such a process, but I mean, these, these chapters that I read, these short little chapters, I mean, everything is, is true for me. Everything was true. Um, until you get to the point where you, you do own it. And I didn't want to be in it. I mean, I think I went there, you know, you joke about the, the spring break and I, and I think well you know, I was partying in school. I mean, it wasn't like I... I didn't drink in school. I drank a lot. I mean, I'm shocked that I chose to go. Nobody twisted my arm to go to this, to Karen. I went, I went willingly. I, I planned it. So I needed it. You know, I think I got to the point where, you know, my mother, you know, I had spent time, um, you know, going back and forth from college because while she was still drinking, I, I, it just, it, it, it engulfed me. I, I was, Uh, My whole life was about her drinking and making sure she was all right and she had what she needed and, you know, she was divorced and she didn't drive and, you know, I, I mean, I was caretaker times 100 and super codependent.
0: So codependent that you took the time when you were a kid to identify this. Like, again, you were like, what, 20 years old? I mean, you were 20, 21 years old. And instead of going off with your friends, you're the, the gnawing of the fact that that alcoholic, and I can't remember what they call it in Alan on the person. What do they call the person that's like? I can't remember that. Word, they call it something, but I can't remember what it is. The blamer, whatever. I can't remember their their person, whatever they identify, call it but the alcoholic in their life and that alcoholic takes so like it's front and center. I mean, you're away at college and you still know that your mom is whatever, a hundred miles away and she's dealing with her and she's been dealing with her alcoholism and you can't, you don't know what to do. So you're like, I need help. I need help. So I'm going to go and I'm going to sign up for this course and I'm going to go do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, because then, and that was after she got sober. So it, you know, it doesn't just, the, the moment that she checked herself into rehab was not the moment that I became not codependent. I mean, that that just becomes a part of you, and you really have to, you know, you have to really, really kind of untrain yourself, you know, to to not be that person. It just doesn't go away, and that's why I knew I had to go because simply her not drinking did not stop me from wanting to, or, you know, to be there to make sure she was alright and all that. I mean, it was just so consuming. It, it, it didn't stop. And that's what I think a lot of people are surprised about when the person does get sober. You're still in your old habits. You know, you have to break them. And that's that
0: means and that's not the alcoholic that needs to break them. It's the person that's living with the alcoholic. It's the person that's codependent. It's the loved one that's sitting there watching the person getting sober. And now that they've watched the person really drunk and now they've watched this person go to get sober. And it's not like, oh ding dong, you just went to treatment and now you're back and now everybody's back in a chunky dory and we're all in a good place. It's not like that.
1: mm. Not at all. And I mean I think it goes in so many different directions for people and I am and... You know, I know people um, who are uncomfortable with, I mean, let me say that again. I I think it, it has so many different results with the sobriety, the person getting sober. With me, I didn't, um, with my mother, I, I, I didn't stop doing what I was doing before. And that's, like I said, why I went there to the codependent. Program, but you know other things. that I mean, I think a lot of some people that I know, when when they get sober, it changes the dynamic between themselves and their spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, who was possibly dependent on not dependent, but but liked that that lifestyle that they had, or maybe the person becomes, you know, when they're sober, they've got their shit together, and all of a sudden that's that you know there's no there's no caretaking for the, you know the spouse or whatever to to i don't know their role is gone um if they if they took care of you and now they don't have to because you 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 know you're sober and you've got it together so I, it, you know it's it's it affects everybody so differently and every relationship so differently and i think that's why i went because i just i had to get out of whatever i was in i didn't really understand how how I got there necessarily and why someone like my sister was so able to and it's it's you know nothing bad or anything it's not a judgment it's just that you know kids take on different roles and my role was to be so codependent and 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 really just be there and I know that you were looking for that word before and I'm trying to remember what it was too um, but my sister wasn't, you know, she, she was able to really disconnect um, emotionally from it. I, I, It just, we took on different roles.
0: And it's interesting because then you get to the fifth,
1: I think you, because you,
0: this brings us to the fifth chapter, which is where we are in this conversation, kind of ironically, in that what is the fifth thing?
1: I walk down a, another street. I walked down another street and that's
0: where, like, that, that's the surmise of this entire conversation I have to say today with Co- busy living sober and Ouija and busy show. It's, um, you know, you talked about how crazy it is and how engulfed we get and what life is like when we get sober and how many things happen at the end of our drinking and then we get sober and how the people and the players and everything else. And it's like, you know, you were in a marriage and it wasn't working and you were in a house and it, it all that was going on, and all this drama, and all this noise—so much noise—and then you decide, you know what? I'm going to get sober, and the, and the relationship still isn't going to work. You care about the person; you'll always care about that person, but there, it's just the relationship isn't working. And you've, I, so it's like you've identified it. You're like, I can't go in that hole anymore, and I'm going to change. And you know, all of where you are today—it's like now you're
1: in a your new home and. You've walked through it, and you're on a different street. Well, and that's the thing. And I, when I when I started by saying that it was hard for me to figure out that it this was from the 30 years ago, Karen, and not the four years ago, was um, because it, it, there are so many similarities. And you can look at this and 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 understand completely being a child of an alcoholic that how this would apply. But as a, as a sober person now, as an alcoholic myself um you know it it's it's just not good enough that you that you walk down the same street and you walk around that hole the next right. part of your life in sobriety is that you just walk down another street you don't even go near that even if you're <laughs> gonna walk around the hole you just don't go down that road and I think right. that's really yeah. valuable i mean it's just such a it's such a great um Reading, I, I mean, I, I'm just and and again, I love the and analogy. I think, well, right? I think it's just another little God wink that I'm that I found this, you know, this weekend, and and it was right there, right in front of me, and I just read it, and and I just and I, I remember, I remember reading it when I was there, but it just it it takes on a kind of a different meaning now. Well, I'm really
0: grateful, and I know our listeners are that you shared this with us because. Uh, thank you. By the way, thank you, thank you, thank you, and congratulations on getting through all this. And I think that this is all a sign to somebody who's listening. It's like, it's identifying. Like we all go through, and we all have these this noise in our lives, especially when we're drinking and when we're first getting sober. And relationships may be ending, and relationships are changing, and the boundaries are changing, and the dynamic is changing as a whole. But just not giving up hope and being able to have those feelings and not react and not want to pick up a drink over them.
1: Yeah. And be grateful for them because they just continue to build on who we are. And, you know, it makes us better, better children, better parents, better siblings. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's all good. It's all good, and I think that anybody that's
0: listening, that's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so scared. I don't know how I'm going to do this, and oh, my gosh, changing this dynamic. How am I going to do it? What is that, what is that going to look like? I think it's just
1: time. Would you agree that you have to time. walk through it? It is it. time. completely time because I can, you know, I do remember certain times where, you know, maybe I didn't admit it to anybody other than, you know, talking to myself that, how you know, is it what is this really going to look like in a year what will i get there number 1 but if i do what is it going to look like is it going to be what everybody tells me it's going to be like and is you know maybe it's not the pink cloud but but maybe it will be you know and and i think that i just thank god that i even just you know in over a year that i that i just kept going kept moving forward uh because i'm i'm here right now, happier than I've ever been. And I just hope other people get that message and just, you know, keep, keep turning the page, keep turning the
0: page and realize that if relationships do end, you know, we're alive and that's like, and life is about like our lessons. I think it's like getting through these times. That's part of life. It's part of the whole journey, you know what I mean? I mean, we yes. we go from one situation to another situation to another situation. Some of the situations might look prettier than other situations, but it's like getting through those times and sometimes adjusting the sail. Like if you're a sailor, it's like adjusting where you are and going, okay, I'm going to walk through this and I'm going to feel all these feelings, but I'm not going to pick up a drink. And I'm going to look at my old wedding dress. I'm going to go through that. And then realize I'd gone to you know, a codependent thing, and I'm relating it now to my alcoholism. It's like it's all part of the universe. It's all God winks, meaning, and if anybody wants to know what a God wink means, a God wink is kind of like looking like, okay, I know that what I'm doing on my path makes sense. Some people may also call a God wink a coincidence, but we like to say that it's our universe, our God, showing us that we are doing the right thing on the right journey, on the right path, and just a little acknowledgement like God's got you
1: hmm
0: That's perfect. That's a perfect way to say it. Gotcha. Well, Wheezy, thank you so much for this week. This was okay. a really yeah. great conversation. It was, and I, it was really great. And I want everybody, to, anybody who's listening, please reach out to us. Please. Please. And um, you can reach me, Busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at BusyLivingSober.com, and that's B-U-S-Y. And you can go to our website, And check out Busy Living Sober. And maybe this week we can put up that story you had, Weezy. That would be awesome. I
1: will. I actually will. And I did commit to doing it this past week. But it was a a rough week at work and and just with everything else going on. So this week I will do it. All right. And please reach out
0: to us, you guys. And if you want to reach Weezy, just send it to me. Put it in the subject line for Weezy's attention. And I will forward (laughs) it right over to her.
1: Okay. um,
0: I already share everything with her anyway that I guess. So um, everybody, please, um, if you're listening, please stay sober. Know that we're rooting for you, right? We're cheering you on. And, uh, you know, it, it, this too shall pass. And it's just learning to live in this new world and um, without alcohol and booze. And let me tell you, life just keeps getting better and better. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Absolutely.
0: So don't give up before the miracle happens. Okay, Busy. All right, Weezy. Have, have a great a week. day. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. And um, everybody keep getting busy, women. Bye. 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 Bye.